You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the show. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune in, and I hope that each episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Special thanks to my incredible sponsors, inlpcenter.org, offering world-class online NLP and life coach training to people in over 70 countries using their revolutionary approach, which features unlimited live classroom training sessions and a flexible learning platform, which allows you to learn at your own pace. And to Daily Recovery Support interactive and affordable group calls, and a safe atmosphere to help support you on your recovery from complex trauma. Get signed up and learn more at cptsdfoundation.org. On today's show, I'm honored to welcome back returning guest Erica Reva. Erica is the founder of The We and Me, a blog and advocacy platform where she shares her life of living with dissociative identity disorder and also helps inspire and educate others about life with DID. You can find her online at theweandme.com and on Twitter at theweandme. On today's podcast, our topics focus primarily on her new course, Living DID, a program designed to help educate and inform first responders, doctors, caregivers, and those who live with DID to better understand themselves, treatment options, and what dissociative identity disorder is truly all about. This work is so needed, and Erica is helping to lead the charge of advocacy and education through her own work her collaboration with NAMI, Sick Not Weak, and other incredible organizations. So let's jump right into my recent chat with Erica Reva. So hey, Erica, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to have you right back here on Beyond Your Past. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about a course that you have called Living DID, which we will get to in a bit. But first, for those who are not familiar with you, or perhaps didn't catch the first um, show that we did together a while back, uh, go ahead and let them know um, who you are, what you're about, your blog, and all that good stuff. Okay, sounds good, thanks. Um, Yeah, I'm Erica. I live with dissociative identity disorder, and I run a blog on the topic of mental health in general, but largely um, regarding the different aspects that go along with living with DID. Um, which is previously known as multiple personality disorder. But as time progressed and stuff, people started to learn more, as they do. And now it's called DID. And I have been in therapy now at this point for five years. It's hard to keep it all straight sometimes because we have a lot going on right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. So with our with our blog, which is a little over a year old now, which was exciting, we celebrated the one-year anniversary of the blog earlier this year. Um, we've been doing quite a lot of different advocacy work regarding um, trauma disorders and recovery, what that looks like for people, um, 
we've partnered now with NAMI Chicago, National Alliance of Mental Illness, and we're going to be um, doing some training work with them for their for their staff because they have um, a helpline. If you're familiar with NAMI, a lot of people know that they have the helpline, and they're trying to figure out how to best help people who call regarding trauma disorders and they want to learn more about DID. So that was some really exciting stuff that we have going on. Um, and then, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna just, I'm in a very rambly mindset right now. Ramble away, I'm it's trying, okay. I'm trying to tone <laughs> that down. So with that, with the partnership with NAMI, we actually had a really cool opportunity earlier um, this spring where we went to um, CIT training with the Chicago Police Department. And what we had done with them was more so one of our traditional living with DID talks to where we go to this group. And there were, I believe it was about 50 officers that were there. And they're all volunteer, which was really encouraging actually, because they're police officers who are at all different stages. So like some have been on the job for like 15 years, some longer, some a little less, and they're volunteering to learn more about how they can help on these different like mental health, mental illness calls that they receive when they go to, when they go to a scene, which was really great. And they, they really seem to get a lot out of it. Um, the Lieutenant that we worked with who had set this up had um, asked us back for a, a, another another talk with other officers that she'll be having again. So that was something else that was really exciting because man, is there like some major miscommunications within the police department when they go to some of these calls with people who, who are either in crisis or, or just some of the things that they miss when they go to um, like a DV call, domestic, domestic violence, sorry. Um, and all of these, all of these different things, we had some really good conversation. We ended up staying a little while after um, the allotted time because they just had more questions and they wanted to try and figure out um, me first of all, but uh, and my parts. But they also wanted to try and understand better how they can facilitate somebody when they come up on them, like somebody who has DID. And I was explaining to them that. You're not likely to notice something like that unless the person is in severe distress. But even then, it'll just look like somebody who's in severe distress, like somebody, not plural. It's very unlikely that you'll see someone as plural. So we're just putting all these different conversations out there, and it's, it seems to be going really well. That's amazing. Like, I just, I think it's so incredible that you were able to work with a, a police department and that you had so many... Um, officers there who are wanting to learn, um, you know, about the situations when they go out on the scene, when somebody's in crisis and the information that you're able to share, like, that's just like an incredible opportunity. And I just, I'm so glad that you were able to do it. Cause I know that your blog is incredible. The message that you have is incredible. I know the uh, blog post that you wrote for surviving my past and the previous show that you and I did together just gets a ton of views and listens because so many people 
are, are really just wanting to learn more about and find somebody who understands what it means to live with DID and, you know, to just get information. Yeah. So, you know, what you're doing is just so needed and so uh, amazing. So I'm, I'm excited to learn more about this. And I think it's great that you were able to get to work with the uh, police on this. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then, um, uh, just after the Living DID course that I wrote, it's that seven-week course. We can talk more about that in a minute. But after that, I was speaking with uh, a friend of ours who has DID, and she's up in Canada. And she's teamed up with uh, Sick Not Weak. I don't know if you know. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, yep. Lansbury. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of their Twitter handles. I just can't think of the Twitter handles now, but you'll, you'll be able to find them easily through Sick Nut Week. Um, but we're going to be a guest speaker along with Hey Lansbury and uh, Paramedic Nat. We're going to be we're going to be a guest speaker at an event for Sick Nut Week in October of this year up in Canada. So that's really exciting. Living DID is going international. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, wow. So you're going to be in Canada. You're going, you know, you're doing all these talks like it's so amazing. So let's, so let's tell us more about like, what is Living DID and just basically share as much as you can. I mean, you know, what was your inspiration for it and what is the course about and, you know, how are the courses going with those that have taken it, like all that good stuff. Yeah. So for those who don't know more about my story specifically, I had what I previously called blackouts my entire life, where I would just be missing massive gaps of my memory, like literally years. And I just didn't know what was going on. So I tried going to a few doctors and it never panned out. But parts of me, DID, different parts who are dissociated from who I am as a person, they didn't give up. They kept trying to find help. And eventually they did via the Mayo Clinic and then a referral we had received from a Mayo Clinic doctor. He referred us to the psychologist that we still see today. And through that, through the years of therapy at this point, I'm realizing more and more what a massive, massive gap is that there's just people with CID just are not able to get good help. And once they finally do find help, in some instances, it's just so so difficult at that point because the person like myself either didn't know that they had DID and then you're left with this confusion or anger for some like well how in the hell did people not know this if this is a thing and this is what's going on in my life then why do you know and why didn't anybody why wasn't anyone else able to tell me and my part for example went to an astronomical and unacceptable number of doctors. It's what I call it because it is well over 50 doctors that they went to trying to find help. And that that's 50 psychologists. They went mm. to doctors for my physical health as well, because I'm not in great physical health. So because of all these different things that kept occurring and coming out in therapy as we were going through the years of it, we began doing living DID talks. And every time we've done it, we ended up staying at least over an hour after the allotted time that we were giving this discussion. And it's just, it was just a brief, like two hours, three hour discussion on dissociative identity disorder, what it's like to live with it, what some of my parts perspective of things were and different things like that. But every single time people were like, well, 
can you can you tell me more about this? Can you tell me more about that? I have a I have a client right now or a patient that I'm seeing right now, and what you're talking about is describing them. Can you can you tell me a little more? Can you lab all these different things? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> no part of me is a doctor. None of us have any sort of degree in that regard. So all I can tell you is my experience and the experience of at this point like over a thousand people now with DID have reached out to us via our blog, via email, private message on even Facebook. Now at this point, people are finding us on Facebook and recognizing us as the we and me, because that's my Twitter handle and the name of our blog. So it just became more and more clear that this is something that is such a massive under underserved community. So I elaborated and continued the discussions that we had during the talks into a broken down seven-week course. So once a week for a little over two hours, we'll, we've met with these um, psychologists who are interested in the course, and we've, we've completed one, one complete course at this point because we've only recently started doing the course. Um, and for me, I know you probably know this, but for your listeners, for me, I need information. Mm-hmm. I want as much information as I can have on a topic or on something that's occurring in order for me to better the situation and help further uh, assist more people and all of those, et cetera. So I had given the small group that we started with, there were five, the the smaller group we wanted to start with because we could be more intimate with them and get more feedback from them. So I gave each of them different, I had them fill out consent forms and different things like that, and then had them give us feedback from week to week. So in that regard, it was really beneficial to us because that also gave some of my parts the, like, okay, so there are actually doctors who work in the field that do want to help people that do realize that this is something that people live with. It's not like a movie. It's not make believe there. there, Nobody wants to live like this. Like you'll, you'll find us in the DID community that there are people who are very proud of their parts and proud of being a multiple, but that's because that's what helped them survive. It certainly did not make their life easy it made their life easier in a different way because now they've they've lived. They've made it to 22 years old. They've made it to, I'm 31 years old. I turned 31 earlier this spring. And it's just, it's a big deal for people, when especially when you don't know if you're going to live year to year. So with this course, one thing that I get asked a lot about was my protectors because during the Living with DID talk, my parts do speak to them. So we broke it down from week to week. So week one, we do more of like an introduction to myself and my parts, an introduction to the course in general, and like lay it out for them, like give them the outline of how I laid it out, um, make them aware that um, later in the week, they're going to get the opportunity to um, 
actually speak to a couple other systems who live with DID because we had two people who live with DID that agreed to be a part of the course with us. And they're actually two people who have given us permission to to share some of their story as examples when we were doing the talk. So now they're a part of the course with us and they speak to the doctors directly as well via a Skype conversation, which again, going through the feedback forms, they found that immensely beneficial because it's not just me relaying somebody else's story. They are seeing this person, these people living with DID that are very different than me and my system because that's one of the things with DID, why it's so tricky for a lot of people to get help is because we're all going to hit different, like, we're all going to meet certain things as far as criteria goes for like diagnostic criteria, but from system to system, we're very different. Like my parts are very different than somebody else's with DID. Additionally, I might have far more or far less parts than somebody else because this is a trauma-based disorder. And one thing that I say too, that really seemed to hit them as far as like the feedback that I had received from these doctors is that the way that they look at DID has now changed some because of the way that I talk about it, because this isn't a personality disorder. You can't prevent somebody from getting um, like schizoaffective personality disorder or BPD. Those are not necessarily preventative diagnoses, but DID is. If there wasn't severe continuous trauma, DID wouldn't create itself your brain would not have to protect you to such an extent for your own benefit survival, as well as the survival of other people in some instances. The ID would never happen if those life experiences didn't occur. And because of that, now they're looking at trauma in some different ways. And that was the same thing in some of the feedback that I had gotten from the police department as well, because when we had done that earlier this year with the CPD, that was actually part of the time where I was writing this course. And I used some of those things and I pinged it off of them just to see how it would work in that environment as well. And it translated very well. There was a lot of really positive feedback, which again was super encouraging. Wow. That's just incredible. Like I'm listening to you share about this and I know um, like I've been doing a lot more uh, podcasts. Like I have several guests recently who, who live with, who live with, with, uh, with DID or they know somebody who does, or they work with clients with DID and, I, every time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually have some more coming up too. Like, it's just, I find it so fascinating because one thing you mentioned was that just the information that people want, it seems like you touched on a little bit was that now there seems to be more people talking about it. There's more information readily available, such as your course and, you know, things from NAMI and things online and whatnot. So it's inspiring to be able to see somebody like yourself to put this information out there and have it so well received. And I mean, if there was anybody who was ever helping to try and break down the barriers and the walls of DID, I think you're doing just like a phenomenal job of putting this out there. So like, I'm just, I'm so excited for your course. I I think it's just amazing. And I I was reading over it while you were talking a little bit. And I mean, just, you know, what you put together and to be able to do it with officers and with, you know, regular everyday people. I'm sure that you're an inspiration to everybody that that reads your blog. I'm glad that you are doing what you're doing here because it's just so needed in so many ways. Thank you. Thank you very much. We we appreciate that. One of those one of those big questions that we had gotten asked several countless at this point times via our blog 
and then during the Living with DID course, including when we spoke to some of the different community leaders and then this most recent time with the CPD was, well, what, like, what, can you explain your parts and that type of thing? So I actually set aside two separate weeks to discuss that during the course. And that, again, was something that we had gotten a lot of different feedback from these different doctors who had taken the course. And some things that were, you know, they're, they did it, we had them do it anonymously. I wanted that to be anonymous because I wanted it to be very clear. And again, I explained this to them the first week that they participated. I was like, listen, I need you to understand something. You're not going to upset me. That's not, it's not possible for me. I don't feel things in that way. I don't process things in an emotional way. So you need to understand that you are not going to hurt my feelings. You're not going to offend me. And it would be really unlikely that you could ever potentially um, offend or upset Jinx, the other part that was largely a part of the process. So we had, we had some really good feedback from them where they had, they had said, they're like, okay, so this was awesome, but you should try and speak more on this and less on this other discussion that we had had. And it was really good, really good feedback from them, um, which was just immensely helpful for me because then that means that I can continue doing this with the best information available to me. And as we do it, I am gonna to continue to do feedback forms because again, I am a person who wants information. As we get larger groups of people participating, I wanna understand what it is that they're understanding, what it is that they're struggling to understand, what someone might need more help in. And then we had somebody else too, who while we were doing it, because this is again, something I explained the first week, just because you can't work with somebody with DID, that doesn't mean that you can't help them. And then one of my parts, Bob, she'll, she discusses, she's the one who has the severe stutter. So it takes her a little bit of time to get speaking. But once she does, she explains to them that the, what she calls lily pads. Those were doctors who they, we weren't able to work with long-term, but they were doctors that gave her enough hope to continue going to the next one. And a lot of the time I think I think it's just like the caring nature of a lot of psychologists and the reason they get into the field is they want to help, you know? So some of them seem to have this like uncertainty regarding DID, like, well, it's dangerous and all these different things. And yeah, it certainly can be, especially if you're working your years into therapy with somebody and you're working with some of these different things that are very triggering for them and that sort of thing. It can be, it is far more likely that it is going to be dangerous for them and not necessarily for you. But having this information and a very clear picture of what it can look like working with DID, which is why the way I broke it down was over seven weeks. And that was a lot of discussion uh, and with, with people living with DID as well as our psychologists and like, okay, so you went to school. What were you even taught about dissociative disorders? She's like, we didn't even have a full day and she has um i can't think of what it's not a master's but like a phd so like mm -hmm. she spent a day discussing this very very prevalent um trauma-based disorder which trauma like oh my god that's like one of the biggest mental health communities out there because that's why people have ptsd severe anxiety ocd is because of trauma not every single time, that's not what I mean. But what I mean is that a dissociative disorder is not going to be an uncommon thing for a psychologist to encounter, especially if they're working in a major city. 
what kind of challenges has this been for you personally to be able to put this course together to to ha- you know to go up and speak in front of you know the police department to, to to work with the first group of people who went through the course like have you found any types of particular challenges or maybe personal rewards or anything out of this and sure yeah um it it absolutely has i've um I found that when we first started doing the talks, there was a lot of different reservations and a lot of really like a very flippant attitude from a lot of my parts in doing it because some of them are just angry because I, my system and I, we shouldn't be a necessary thing. You as psychologists, like the psychology field should have what they need because these, and that's not the individual's fault. It's these school systems that they attend that are failing them and then in turn failing the DID community and, and trauma community in general, because it takes a long time to find a doctor, regardless of DID, dissociative disorder, or just, you know, and I don't mean it flippantly, like, or just, but with more of a, like, a singular trauma that you're trying to work through. So through some of that thing, I had found that, um, Uh, just a lot more information regarding my own history was being discussed more in therapy. And then we had found a lot more strength than I had anticipated within my, my parts because the rest of the weeks, there's two weeks where we discuss ourselves, like the different types of parts, but we use myself and other systems who've given us explicit permission to do so we use them as examples. And with that, we're a lot of people find it surprising, but collectively, I myself and my parts, we are very, very private people. And a lot of people find that strange. But then there's a whole separate week as well on triggers. And that was certainly a challenge. And that was something that we did rely on our support system for. And then there's a discussion uh later in the weeks that are some of the problems with doctors. The big question, another one of the big questions we get asked is what does therapy look like? What can that possibly look like with DID? Like, is it, is it like craziness that I'm going to see in a movie? Is what's it, what does it look like? And I tell them, um, um, well, it, it looks kind of standard most of the time, but it depends on what you're discussing because sometimes like, are you in a good mood every day? Sometimes my parts are a nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes they are in awful moods. And then we have, we spend a whole week on relationships and things like that, which was, um, I, I brought up all those because that was something that was really something huge that a lot of people in the trauma community and DID specific community they had reached out to us about is because for week seven, that final week where we discussed relationships and just kind of like a sum up of everything that we'd previously discussed, if there's any additional questions, we found a mother who has a child with DID and she is that child's support system. She advocated for her child to get this diagnosis because she saw something was wrong because she paid attention within the DID community. It's, that's a very, very small percentage of people who have a parent as an advocate. And it was just such, it was such like a, a rewarding thing for us to see that like, and for her, because she did, she's one of those parents that like, well, 
that's my child. Of course I would do that. Right. But you're misunderstanding some about DID. I also have parents. So do all the other people. They at some point had a guardian, a parent. And we all have DID. You, you're the unicorn, (laughs) you know, like you're the, you're the abnormality amongst the trauma community, especially with DID community, because she, and I, I think because of all the messages that we had received from people when we were discussing that tweeting about it and stuff, they were, they were sending us DMs and they were tweeting us back and saying, you have to make sure that she understands how awesome we think she is. And I was able to show her some of those messages and she was just, I think that helped her a lot too, in a way, because her daughter is never going to be us, which I think was just, that was for us, like for my system specifically, it's, it's her, specifically her, that because she was able to see some of the differences and see that what she did but literally could have saved her daughter's life because she'll never be us. Her, her child will never have our stories. Her child will never wake up on the side of a highway having no idea how she had gotten there. Her child will never wake up randomly in Canada like I had and have no idea how she got there. She'll never wake up in a hospital with broken bones and a fractured jaw like I had. That will never be her child's story because she intervened. And it was just such a profound thing for a lot of people within the DAD community that we shared some of those messages with her. And then, of course, the psychologists who participated in this first in this first seven weeks that were like, you know what? Okay, I've got a handle on this. If I have any further questions, I'm going to email you and stuff because we do give them our contact information after the fact, and they give us ours in the event that we get um, someone reaching out to us on social media because that's one of our main goals here is we want to be able to compile a list of referrals. Not a guarantee this is the person that's going to work for you, but at least that branch of hope saying, hey, this person will believe you. Go to this doctor and talk to them. And I am not a doctor. I don't know what you're dealing with. They are, and they will listen to everything that you have to say. And like any doctor, if you walk into an ER and say, hey, I think I have a broken arm, that doctor knows that you do not have x-ray vision. However, that doctor will listen to you and say, okay, let's go ahead and come on in. Let's run some tests. We're going to do an x-ray and then we'll figure out what's going on. It should be the same way for mental health. If you have a problem and you don't know what it is, you should be able to list the problems that are occurring, what had happened and how that person can then facilitate your recovery. And that's really one of our main goals here. And that's so far been the most rewarding thing from doing these talks now into this far more in-depth course. It's so incredible because, you know, so often perhaps either we we, we don't know how to explain what's going on or we don't know who right. to trust or, you know, we don't, right. we, we don't have enough information to even think that maybe we should go see somebody to try and figure mm-hmm. out if there is something going on. So this course, um, as you've mentioned, is just inspiring people already, even here as you're just getting started with it, to just empower people with information so that, you know, one less person, you know, as you said, doesn't wake up alongside the road and has no idea where they are because now people in their life have an idea of what's going on. They know what to look for. They know how to intervene. They know how to help and treat and reach out for information and support. Yeah, that's, I, I think it's just, it's beyond amazing. And 
um, the work that you're doing. I know like even as you're getting started now and getting ready to, to, to do more more courses and more talks and get the message out is just going to it's just going to take off in such an amazing way. And you mentioned about going to Canada and working with sick, not weak and doing some more. So why don't we start to wrap up here and you can tell everybody if I'm somebody who wants to learn more about this course or learn more about you, where can I go to find this out? How do I get enrolled in the course? When's your next one coming up? All that. Yeah, sure. Well, again, thanks for, thanks for having us on. My head's just scattered today. Sorry. Um, it's all good. But it you was. can, you can find us um, using, the we and me that's the that's the tag and the name of our blog for everything so it's the we in me.com that's our blog and then on twitter i'm at the we and me i know i mentioned facebook earlier but that's my private account so we don't really share that mm -hmm. um but like i had said people have been finding us there now too so i always just send them over to the blog as far as the next seven weeks goes we are currently um, looking for a second venue. So if you do have anybody in the Chicagoland area that's listening that has like even even like a church basement or a church hall, um, we've, we're looking into an office space, something like that, that we could use um, one evening a week uh, for about two to three hours. So if you have anybody listening that can get a hold of us, you can also reach us at the we in me blog at gmail.com. And that we're looking to set up for the second week of July and then run the following seven weeks into August. So Incredible. if you're interested in signing up, like I had said, you can reach us via the blog because that's how we're, we're currently doing it right now. That's amazing. And yes, I definitely encourage everyone, check it out, spread the word. If you, if you live with DID, if you know somebody that does, if you have any type of mental health challenge in your life and you're, and you're looking for support, Erica's blog, her tweets, everything that she does is just so helpful. And um, I'm honored to be on this journey with you. And I can't wait to learn more about how the courses are going and um, just, just continuing to share your work because you are an inspiration to many, to so many. And um, I'm looking forward to following you and helping to support you um, by spreading the word as much as possible. So thank you again, Erica. This is always an awesome and a great time. And I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Thanks again so much, Matt, for having us on. And like I said, just, just keep an eye out at the we and me on Twitter and we'll be, we'll be posting updates and different things that we're doing in regards to the course. And in regards to, we've been speaking with a publisher about a book. Um, really? Someone reached out That's to us. Awesome. Yeah. We had someone reach out to us the other day because they, one of my parts actually, she's been writing a book about my life and it is not a trauma book. It is about what happens after the trauma when the person is an adult and can't find help. Thanks for listening to beyond your past part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.